It's a blessing to have you in our Soul Talks community. We're Bill and Christy Galtier. We help pastors and all kinds of people to thrive with Jesus in life and leadership. Today we're talking about our new book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. Long ago, God spoke to Moses, I am the Lord, your healer. That's Exodus 15, 26. God is still a healer of our shortcomings, sicknesses, struggles, and wounds. Let's learn more about how you and your loved ones and all the people you influence can access the grace of God that ministers divine life. Christy, just before we started this podcast, your beloved cat, Charlie, had a mistaken belief about me. <laughs> yes. He was, he was laying at the um, foot of my chair here, and I didn't notice how close he was, and I scooted the chair, and I accidentally scooted on top of his tail and uh he lost a little bit of hair on his tail because of that and just he just screamed out with a a blood curling yelp and looked at me like he was ready to fight me and i just felt so sad oh charlie i'm so sorry and he was in a in an aggressive posture there for about 30 seconds just looking at me and uh angry and scared and not knowing what to do and then he went over to you, and you pet him, and he slowly sort of calmed down. Yeah, thankfully he was able to receive some comfort from me, so that was good. But yeah, it's so easy to get a mistaken idea about God when we're hurting, when we're in pain, when we're sick, when we have a need, and to even think that God is the enemy, that, that he just doesn't care. Yeah, we, we project onto God. We talked about this recently in our uh, podcasts and blogs about anger and God's anger and how our human experiences of anger so often are very damaging and messed up and, and anger is not governed by love and so it's harmful to people and God isn't like that and that's just one of the ways that we project onto God and this this whole area of healing prayer which we're talking about in the series is an area where there's just a lot of misconceptions and where we can get attached to our beliefs and thinking that our beliefs are, are really right. Yeah, yeah. We, we get our ideas about things and we don't even realize that we're putting God in a box and sometimes uh, doctrines that we hold dear and just we just think they're so biblical. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of our own uh, projections of our own personality unhealth, uh, life experiences, and we're not sufficiently studying the Bible to purify those beliefs. So, so often we, we read into the scripture, and in this area of healing, there are a number of these mistaken beliefs that actually block the, the healing power of God in our, our physical life, our emotional life, our relationships, the the mercy and grace that God wants to bring to grow us into greater wholeness in Christ can be inhibited by these um, mistaken ways that we think and feel about things in God's world. And notice I say think and feel, because when we're talking about these uh, beliefs and attitudes that can be distorted and not actually in tune with the, the wisdom and love of the scriptures, it's not just intellectual stuff. It's also emotional stuff. Uh, it's, it's mind stuff, but it's also heart stuff. It's, it's getting into the core of our being. Well, some of our beliefs actually can be defense mechanisms against our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we see this all the time. And 
those of us that pride ourselves in being thinkers and being intellectual, uh, a lot of times we have a lot more emotion about things than we uh, admit. And those emotions are very much a part of our thinking. And those of us that are more feelers and more emotion-oriented uh, do a lot more deep thinking than we realize. And we, we, in Soul Shepherding, uh, one of our themes is, is integrating the head and the heart, integrating how we think and how we feel, and, and just understanding the developmental picture that, that really it's uh, feeling thoughts. Uh, emotions really come first in our child development. We're emotional beings before we're rational cognitive beings. And so we really need to get into the depth of things and, and get words for those emotions and be able to feel them even in our bodies and share them in our prayers and in our relationships with safe people. And that, that helps to clarify our thinking. We do our best thinking when we're also in touch with our, touch with our emotions. And, and the reverse obviously is true that we have our healthiest emotional well-being when we, th- we think uh, carefully through things. And so we process in our relationships and in our prayer life in order to integrate thinking and feeling. And this is really important in this area of healing prayer. So let's just talk about some of these mistaken beliefs. And we we go through these uh, in some depth in our book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. So the first one is just accept God's will. And in this, this idea, we're just sort of imagining, uh, you know, the Lord is sovereign, of course, and that's true. But we're like overplaying that so that it's almost like we become puppets. And it's just kind of like whatever God wants to do, God's going to do. But even people who are sort of strong on the Calvinist side of theology that emphasizes God's sovereignty will talk about the, the, the different uh, types of God's will, his declarative will, his permissive will. And uh, you even push someone like like a Calvinist to articulate this, and they'll, they'll say that, well, yeah, no, not everything that God wants done is done. So there is this other category of life that's sort of like practical life that, you know, God's not controlling. And a very careful study of the scriptures, which, and the best thinker on this is Dallas Willard in, in his books, we need to understand both sides of this, the sovereignty of God, the initiative of God, the, the power and presence of God, so strong, so important, uh, which Calvin emphasized. But then there's the free will side, the, the human choice, our response to God, our trust in God, and our participation in God's kingdom. And so the, the just accept God's will idea removes personal responsibility from the, uh, the arrangement of faith and our relationship with God. And it, it's, you know, Dallas had used the illustration that I just loved is that when electricity came into his town, there were people there that didn't make use of it at all. They didn't tap in to the power of the electricity. And so they were missing out. And it was, it was like it was of no use to them. And that for us, our, our, our trust and our faith in God's power to heal is, is the same. We, we actually can trust that God is willing good in love. For his people, and we can we can tap into that. Yeah, and Agnes Sanford in her classic book on healing prayer, Healing Light, really does a lot with this because she uses the metaphor and the reality of God as light to help us understand uh, the manifestation of God's presence and God's healing power, and how our faith is like turning on that, that light switch, 
And so it's, uh, it's an integral and essential component of receiving God's healing and all of God's blessings is our faith, uh, our trust, our confidence yeah, I in think, God. I think the other thing, too, that we need to remember is that there is spiritual battle involved and we have an enemy and God calls us into the fight, not just to be passive and to accept whatever happens to us as being God's will. He, he calls us to be active participants and that that has an effect. Yeah, God didn't want us to live in a fallen world where there's sin and demons and all this, but that's the consequence of original sin and all of us on down the line since Adam and Eve have made the same choice in our life. And so, yeah, we live in this battleground and in the greatness of God, the redemption of our Lord through Jesus, uh, God's made it even better. He, he makes good out of bad. And so we're, we're in this world, world now that is actually between two worlds, between light and darkness and good and evil, and, and there is a battle and we have an enemy. And so we need to stand strong in the name of Jesus, and that's the source of our faith, is our Lord and Savior, and taking the authority that has been given to us, and to proclaim the Word of God, and, and to go out and, and pray for good and do good all the time, and not worry about the results of it. Now, so, uh, second mistaken belief about healing is sickness is a cross to carry, and I know that you've heard that one, Christy, and been affected by that. It's, we experience suffering in life, and we go through hard things. And so sometimes we can think that, like, well, that's just God's will. And God does use sickness and suffering, uh, or he can use it for uh, our growth in Christ. But God doesn't uh, send sickness to us. That's not what God, God wants, and so something we talk about is there's different categories of sort of suffering. You've got sickness, but then you've got other sorts of trials or persecution in life. And, and these are, are different things. Uh, but God is good and kind and loving all the time. And he does not take pleasure in us suffering or going through hard times or being sick. Uh, these this results from many so complicated situations to where these things come from. And in any individual case, we can't really dissect it to say, well, this is what caused it, because all human behavior is multi-determined by many different causes. But the important thing here is just to understand that, well, in the biblical understanding of things, uh, sickness in particular is not a cross to carry. It's, it's not... Uh, Emotional suffering is not a cross to carry. This is not Jesus giving us a cross saying, okay, uh, take up your cross now and follow me. So let me rebuttal to you because some of our listeners might be thinking about Paul and, you know, the thorn in his flesh and him praying for that to be removed and getting the answer, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah, well, it's a a great uh, sort of dialogue uh, even debate about, you know, what is that thorn in the flesh? And uh, some people said, oh, it's, you know, he's got a sickness in his eyes that resulted from the blinding light when he was converted. And uh, there's different theories about, about this. I, I think the best understanding is that just to look at the context there in Second Corinthians, and Paul is being criticized, he's being persecuted. And this is a, a 
a theme in his life. He's, he's the apostle come lately, and he's the apostle that can't get any respect because he wasn't one of the 12 that was actually physically with Jesus. And I mean, thank God for Paul because mm-hmm. his discipleship was just like ours. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had to come to know Jesus Christ spiritually by faith uh, through the testimony of others, uh, Peter, James, and John, and the, and the others that walked with Jesus and the stories in the Gospels. And, you know, Paul had to do his research and get those stories. He had to do his Bible study into the Old Testament and the Messianic prophecies, and uh, just, just like you and me. And so uh, Paul was persecuted. He was criticized, including by the, the people, the churches that he planted. And so I, I think that's really what that is. But in any case, it's not like God is, is uh, being mean and sending Paul a thorn to torment him. This is a, a messenger of Satan. Uh, the, the thing is, is that, well, God is sovereign and God allows this. And we have the book of Job to really tell us that, that story. We did a blog on that recently on, uh, in the series on God's anger uh, that's really loving. And so it, it's, it's important that we uh, differentiate in, in these matters and we see that, that the, the thorn in Paul's flesh is a, a suffering that's uh, really a, a natural, uh, well, it's not natural to God's original creation, but to living in a fallen world, it's a normal experience that we have thorns, we have trials, we have pains, disappointments that come up in life. In all those situations, uh, we, we pray for healing, but sometimes God doesn't, God doesn't heal. And that's a hard thing. And that can feel unloving. And this is one of the scriptures that can be very encouraging for us because God is loving Paul in that situation. And God is something better for Paul than removing that thorn. And uh, God is teaching us that his, his grace is sufficient. And sometimes he has a, a different kind of healing or wholeness or growth in grace than the one we're asking for. And in, in the time that we're praying for it, it doesn't make sense to us. And so in the middle of that, we, we just need empathy and we need continued prayers of faith for healing. But we need to put all this into the context of our discipleship to Jesus and saying, you know, well, this is part of my school uh, with the Lord, and what, what's he teaching me? How can I grow to be more like Jesus in this situation? And sometimes it comes down to, uh, or at least a part of it is, the importance of being a wounded healer, that there are people around me in my life who need my empathy and compassion and, and prayers and encouragement, and my having this thorn in the flesh is helping me to be a more compassionate helper and teacher and discipler to other people. It's so, so important, so helpful. We need that context. And then also, I think, to remember that, well, Paul did ask. He did, he did ask in faith for that to be removed, and even, you know, multiple times. And then he did receive an answer from the Lord about mm-hmm. it. So yeah. he, it wasn't like he was just abandoned in his desire. Yeah, so the, the, the real heart of this is that uh, sickness is not something that God is sending to people uh, to make them suffer. Uh, When Jesus says, take up your cross uh, to follow me, if you read that carefully, what he's talking about is self-denial. So that's what the cross is. The cross is denying myself some convenience, pleasure, comfort, uh, honor that I want for me. And to deny that out of the greater good and glory of following Jesus and making Jesus' name famous. That's, that's what I want to live for. And that's actually my, when I'm in my right mind, 
That's my greatest desire. That's my greatest blessing. Another one of these uh, beliefs that can cause us harm is healing is a formula. You know, we get the idea, you know, if I just say the right prayer or proclaim the right Bible promise or confess all my sins, you know, then God's going to heal me and then we'll claim a particular Bible verse. And, you know, this is not what we're proposing in our book, Healing Prayer, Mm -hmm. uh, though to some people might seem like it because we've got 200 Bible promises for healing, all different kinds, different categories of physical healing, lots of categories of uh, emotional, relational healing or wholeness. But we're not talking about healing as a formula. This is not like name it, claim it. This is all part of our ongoing uh, apprenticeship to Jesus and our growth to be more in his image. So there's a process here of learning and becoming uh, and living into the truths of God's word. Yeah, it's not trying to manipulate God with, you know, doing it certain ways or, or being all dependent upon us praying right or anything like that. Yeah, because we're really getting into control at that point. Mm-hmm. We're trying to control things. We're, we're, we're turning God and the life of faith uh, sort of into a vending machine. You know, I put, put my money in and then out comes my soda or my candy bar. And faith is not like mm-hmm. that. At all, it, it's, it, we, God is in charge. Uh, but see, these are the different extremes. You know, we're not puppets, but but neither is the vending machine. We've got to integrate both sides of the sovereignty of God and our free will. Yeah, and serve. Healing prayer is serving God and our neighbor in love. Yeah, that's that's the key thing. Is that we we pray for healing because it's a loving thing to do. Yeah. It's what Jesus and the apostles did. We've got uh, this idea that, well, God did not heal you because you lack faith. This is, a re- this is really hurtful. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that many of you listening have experienced this. I have, uh, we have family members that have experienced this. And when, uh, when, when we're judged that because we're, we're lacking faith, because we're not receiving something that uh, the Bible promises is for us, physically, relationally, personally, uh, it's is disappointing, as we've said. It's it's hurtful and stressful, and to, when judgment gets added on top of that, oh, that's because you lack faith. So this is something that we unpack in our book because it's a total misunderstanding of faith. So yeah, there is a like a gift of faith where we're infused with a supernatural belief uh, and power to trust for God to do something great and extraordinary. But the normal way that faith is talked about in the Bible is actually perseverance. And Hebrews 11 is the sort of the prime example of that, where many of the men and women heroes of the scriptures uh, prayed for different things from the Lord and did not receive the answers to their prayer. And they were commended as people of great faith because they trusted God. Job is a classic example, a man of great faith, and yet he suffered horribly. Uh, family members died, and he had a very painful sickness that went on for a, a long time, and he did not get answers to those prayers in, in the short term, and some not even until heaven. And yet, uh, you might look at Job like his three friends did, and think, oh, you know, you're lacking in faith, you know. Uh, but that's not the point of Job. The point of Job is he's a man of great faith, and we see that in the beginning of the book, we see that in the end of the book, and the way God commends him. And so this is a really important thing that if you've got something that you're praying for from the Lord, 
uh, for your life or the life of a loved one, and it, it seems like God has not yet answered that, uh, please know that your persevering trust in the goodness of God and just in crying out to your, your father in desperation, God is pleased with you. And that is enduring faith. That is courage. So important and so important to remember not to agree with judgments, judgments of the enemy against us. Sometimes we judge ourselves thinking, I'm sick, it's my fault, or I got this because, and when we actually will judge ourselves thinking we caused the sickness, or we'll judge other people thinking they caused it. And that also can be a real interrupter to our really believing God and His His loving us and and agreeing with him and his power to heal. Yeah, we can get very simplistic in our thinking as though there's one cause and I'm the cause for what's happened. But uh, as I said, all human behavior and experience is uh, multi-caused or a number of factors that go into what we experience in a given situation. So uh, a couple more mistaken beliefs that we cover. Our spiritual gifts are weird or the opposite, um, they're no big deal. And, uh, you know, these are, are two that we unpacked. Uh, some people do practice spiritual gifts in a way that's weird, but uh, the way that we talk about it, uh, coming from the Bible, is that uh, these are just supernatural infusions of actually natural God-given abilities. This is a big one, especially in our day and age where there's so much new age that you know, spirituality out there that's so accepted, actually more accepted now in you know secular world than Christianity. And so I think sometimes we do start to associate as we hear them talking about healing or supernatural powers, or when we see some people who have misused the way they've talked about spiritual gifts or even um, in, in their churches, that then leads us to just avoid it altogether to where we don't want anything to do with it and we shut down and we have no use of the supernatural power that God has given us. And so that, that can be air on either side, like you said. Yeah, that's not wise because God, clearly the Bible teaches us a number of passages in the New Testament that we go into, but uh, God gives us gifts because it's important in the body of Christ and the local church and our communities that we serve one another with the differing gifts that God has, has given us. And we have these giftings in terms of our personality and also in terms of our spiritual life. And so learning how to exercise these gifts, not in self-reliance, but in God-reliance, that is very important. And it's not weird. It's actually uh, supernaturally natural. We're made for this. We're made to live a supernatural life. We're made to live a spirit-led, spirit-empowered life. When we realize we're spiritual beings at our core, mm-hmm. but when we forget that, and because it's all in the invisible realm, it feels like it's so weird, and we get so tied to our, our material world and bodies in this day and age. Yeah, and on the other hand, the opposite, it's not like spiritual gifts are no big deal. No, they're a big deal. It's God infusing our beings with his grace and his charisms, his, his power, um, a manifestation of his presence and his loving kindness. And we, we need these gifts. It's part of us being the body of Christ. Yeah. Paul talks about the gifts are so that we can build each other up in, in Christ and become more loving people and have a more effective witness to the world. 
Then the last mistaken belief that we cover is that healing nullifies the need of modern medicine. And this is another really damaging one. Uh, God has gifted scientists and doctors and nurses, and, and uh, so we just want to thank God for <laughs> medicines and for uh, uh, medical science and all the ways that God can help us and our loved ones through uh, medicine and healthcare, uh, including psychology and counseling. And so we, we need this, this knowledge and these remedies uh, for our lives. God wants us to know these things, and we want to infuse uh, the taking of medicine or the participation in uh, a healthcare procedure, a surgery, a counseling process. We want to infuse these experiences with prayer, and we want to look to Jesus as our, our dentist or our counselor. Uh, I mean, I literally do that, sitting in the dentist chair. Thank you, Jesus, that you're my dentist. Uh, going through surgery, thank you, Jesus, that you're my surgeon. And uh, in my relationships, thank you, Jesus, that you are listening to me and caring for me and giving me wisdom through my counselor, through my friend. Yeah, to remember that every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father, the Lord of love. And to remember that that includes these gifts of of medicines, as well as food and herbs and, and all the different things that God's given us, rest, all the different things that God's given us that can be a part of our healing that we can participate in even by stewarding what He's given us in, in those ways. Yeah, because we're talking about a wholeness of life and the disciplines that we practice, for instance, for our, uh, our intimacy with God, our soul care, our life of worship, our love of neighbor, those spiritual disciplines are essential in our growth in wholeness. And so it's it's a package here, and it all integrates. And so when we're going to the doctor, we want to be going to Jesus at the same time. And uh, that's the the best life, is this life that is integrated, and uh, Christ is all and is in all. And we are uh, devoted to our Lord, and we're enthusiastic about our... Uh, love and our affection for him and our confidence in his power and his brilliance and all that we do. And we're, we're not afraid to go on record and say, this is what I believe and this is what I'm praying for. And we leave those results to God. Jesus, we thank you that you're our teacher, teaching us your truth, and that you will help us to correct our wrong beliefs as we bring them into the light of your love and truth and grace. And so we ask that you would give us courage, Lord, to to not repress and shut down these things that we don't understand or that scare us or that seem weird or that we've seen misused and we've lost confidence. Lord, that you would restore in each one of us faith and trust in you and your spirit who teaches us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. We have so much more to share with you about healing prayer and the abundant life that God wants to bring you and through you to other people. So we hope you'll pick up a copy of our new book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. You can order copies on soulshepherding.org. If you want 10 or more copies, email us to get a special discount. It's a blessing to follow Jesus with you. 